Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 189 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Dallas and Ty at Opaque Screen Printing in Washington. Let's go! Hey, Rue. So over here at Shirkong, we're pretty light. Like it's, there's not a lot of boxes in the building and I'm not okay with that. I don't like it. I want more boxes. Um, yeah, we were busy right up until now. And then this mm-hmm. week is like the last full, like, holy shit, we got a lot to do week. And then next mm-hmm. week's looking a little, little lighter. Yeah. But we still have quotes coming in. Uh, I yeah. think I had a bunch today that we voted out, but so it's mm-hmm. going to be lighter for sure. Yeah, it's definitely lighter. I jokingly said, Hey, let's print, you know, let's print a, like a shirt Kong shirt, like our own, you know, shirt. We should do that while we're, so we always talk about it and then we're like, Oh, we're too fucking busy. And then, so we should just do that. So I'm, I'm going to order some blanks in and we'll print our own shirt. I was where we were, uh, we quoted something. A month or so ago for 3000 pieces and just they just emailed today with their sizes and like yes um and so that's a beautiful order to get five color front one color back but that doesn't you know that's not gonna fill our presses for three weeks or anything <laughs> today like i rarely do this but today i realized how long my nose hairs were they were like really long like sticking out of my nose pretty far that happens you gotta trim, my, trim them i tr- I know that, but I'm just saying I forgot to last time I trimmed my neck. And then mm. today I was looking in the mirror at home and I was like, holy fuck. Do you so ever trim my nose hairs on lunch today? Gross. Yeah. yeah. That's really gross. Do you mean like it while other people were there? Yeah, I did it over my salad. I was like, <laughs> I just figured. Um, do, you know. do you ever get hairs that grow out of your, like this rando oh, dude, hair that comes so out long. of your ear? So long. I get. Yeah, like, like I can pull them like. I trim them as well, but I'm just saying if I let this go, I would have hair up to my eyeballs from my face <laughs> and I would have nose hairs down to my lips and I would have hair growing out of my ears like intensely. I'm like, I, I it's hard for me to get them and get them all at the ear ones. So I'm like, Joanne, I know this is disgusting, but you're going to have to help me. And she does. She gets, she'll, mm-hmm. she takes to my little. Buzzer. I am a fucking Sasquatch if I didn't shave. Like literally I have to shave my chest at the top. So hair doesn't come out the top of my shirt. Because your beard and chest would connect? They fully connect, yes. But the chest hair is intense. <laughs> oh, That's because grizzly. we talked about this before. Is because your testosterone, you have high T. Like, I have low T and you have fucking off the charts T. So, so much man. That's a, yeah, a lot. I need some of that mojo. You okay. Can rub, you can rub it off on me whenever you want. It all starts with a screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, FFFFF. Rank.com. Or greatfuckingscreens.com. D cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it way more fun. Or their line of eco friendly chemicals make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way, baby. Mm-hmm. I need me some 842, 842. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is, that is good stuff. It's for squeegees. 
you know, press wash type stuff. Oh my, okay. So here next we have Chromaline and you've, you're going to shit bricks. Do you remember when we were, um, we had Matthew Michael Marcotte on the show and we, um, who is, by the way, screen printing sexiest man, sexiest well, person. 2023. Three. It's 2024 now. So the, it's yeah, over. He's fucking, it's, yes. <laughs> oh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. He got to like live that um, honor for like a week, maybe. And then mm -hmm. now it's done. Now it's 2024. It's um, on that show, we uh, asked screen printing or screen print GPT, whichever it is, something about ghost you know, remover, or we were talking about yeah. like ghosting. That's what it was. Come and send me this text. Yeah, me too. Like, check this out. Ghostbuster? Yeah, he was like, uh, by the way, you know how you think you came up with a great name? <laughs> He's like, mm -hmm. we have it. And so they, uh, believe it or not, well, believe it, Chromaline has a haze remover paste called Ghostbuster. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say, Ghostbuster. They already have it. Already a thing. Anything. We're not original at all. No. So um, anyway, choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated. And that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on IG at the Emulsion Guru and get the answers you would love to hear. Ooh, that was beautifully said. Just flowed. Hmm. <laughs> Look, Graphax is the source for production-ready digital art and remote art staffing. Go to graphxsource.com to learn more about what they offer and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your... Pizza oven. Mm. I mean, why, why do art all this tedious stuff and you could just go there and put a baron in the oven? Fuck yeah, dude. Make some pieces. Mm-hmm. I made a homemade, one of my homemade specials. Somebody who had never tried it before bit into it and first of all, Died. just... <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say the other thing, <laughs> but no. Um, and they said, you know, this is like OG, like um, Supreme. Like this is that kind of pizza. This has that flavor. And he, he loved it. Like loved. Was it you looking in a mirror while eating it? You're supposed to be my hype man. Like, I'm supposed to feel better about myself. I'm hyping myself. you up. I bet it's delicious. I'm supposed to feel better about myself by the time we're, we've ran through the pregame, not worse. So that's not Can how... You figure this out yet. I say these things to you to get you to love me. Oh. Well, it's working. <laughs> See? <laughs> if you're not using DTF or screen print transfers in your shop, you're doing it all wrong. We have partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. Check them out at Howard, CT dot, say it right. Dot awesome. There definitely needs to be that somewhere, but it's dot com for them. Again, did you buy the Upstate merch sucks? No. no. Is it still available? Yes. No, I bet you somebody bought the shit out of that. They had to have. Fucking 200 something dollars? Better not Worth have. every single cent. Okay, so did you stretch? Are you ready? Because mm -hmm. our guest is, guests are here. Guests. And we should probably introduce them and get this going. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. What do we got today? 
Today we are talking to a shop that does basically it all. From wall wraps to vehicle wraps, graphic design, web design, embroidery, and screen printing. I said that weird. I wish I would have said that better. Please welcome <laughs> Dallas and Ty from Opaque Screen Printing in Vancouver. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good job. Never been there. Ready. There it is. What's up, fools? <laughs> How's it going, guys? What's up? It's going pretty good, man. Um, just kind of in like a little bit of a the holiday lull still. So we're just kind of taking this time to check off some stuff that we've been wanting to do for a long time, but never found time. Yeah. One thing Andy was saying before you guys came on is that you guys kind of do so much stuff. Like it's not just printing, like you do all this other vinyl and all this other stuff. Is it one of them busier this time of year than the other or is it all kind of dip? hundred percent. We definitely, uh, screen printing definitely kind of tapers down. I feel like it picks up towards the end of the year as everybody's trying to get those like last minute tax write-offs. And then mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of get slow during January. And so they're like, Hey, we're ready to like do vehicle graphics and stuff. Cause half their fleets just sit in there. That's good. Do you guys have like a team of people that do that? Or is it just you guys that are doing the right maps? We do. We have one guy that does vinyl. Um, so him and I kind of bounce back and forth. Like he does a lot of the prep work. I'll jump in and help him do like installations and stuff like that. Do you have a space? So um, we are friends with both Dylan and I are friends with Logo Daddy. And he just got a new building and you can pull in like you can actually pull in a semi into his into one space. You know what I mean? Like, do you have that sort of space? I don't know if you even need that in your climate, maybe it doesn't get like as cold, but here, you know, you'd, you, you have to have an indoor like spot, I guess. And so how do you, what do you have and how do you make that work? Yeah. So it's actually like super rainy here in Washington, believe it or not. Uh, so we, we have like a bay that's dedicated to doing vinyl. Um, but over this last year we brought in, actually, this was like a year and a half ago, we brought uh, embroidery in house. And so now we have like six heads over there with a huge ass table that kind of takes up the majority of that bay. And so that's kind of been a struggle and we're really trying to kind of phase out of doing vehicles and do more so like window graphics and like stickers okay. and stuff like that. Um, I noticed that like all my late nights that I've like had at the shop were because we're doing vinyl and I'm sitting here, like I got like a bed in the corner with like, <laughs> got like a mattress, a pillow and uh, a sleeping bag. We've pulled some late nights for sure. Because of vinyl. Yep. Why so long? Just because it's a tedious thing? It's so tedious. And yeah, it's just like a, it's a t pretty time consuming process. And so we just kind of, uh, yeah, it's just, it, and what I've noticed too, is like the, the profit margins aren't that great. You can spend like two to three days knocking out a, like a $4,500 vehicle wrap where like in screen printing, you know, we can knock out like 12 K of apparel in a day. So we're kind of weighing apples to apples right now. It's like, we're doing more like product relabeling, uh, fulfillment. fulfillment and stuff like that to kind of start pushing vinyl out as we're just not as passionate about it anymore. Is that how you started? Was that like, Oh yeah. You're gonna ask the same thing. Which came first. Yeah. Uh, screen printing came first. Hmm. So why did you want to add that? 
Uh, it was one of those things where like back when I first made the leap to go self-employed, I was doing apparel for people and they just asked, like, I randomly got asked, like, do you do vehicle graphics too? And I was like, Oh, hell yeah. So I ended up like sourcing the graphics and went and did the installation. I was like, Oh, okay. Like this could be a good little additional service to offer to kind of leverage the slow periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all do that a little bit to some extent. I've done that, definitely. I mean, Dylan, you started with buttons, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that along the way, I've I've almost added a few things like that we... I've added some few a few things and I've almost added a few things. And then finally, now I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just going to focus on screen printing and embroidery. I mean, that's what we're going to do. And that's what we are going to be experts at and, and known for, I guess. And we'll just go all in on that stuff. Because I think like the other things are, for me anyway, is, are distracting, you know, like from my, yeah. what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying you can't make, you know, good money or good margins and the other stuff. And also it is kind of wise to deserve, diversify, right? But I don't know. Um, sometimes these days, I once made the argument, I don't know if it was last year, that it's better not to diversify. That got, kind of got heated. But um I think that, uh, and I, and like, I guess for the reason, uh, my reasoning was, is that, you know, be really, really known, be really, really good at one thing and be known for that, you know, and go all in on being really efficient at that and really good at that. And then you can charge more, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just better. Anyway. um, I, I, it's funny you say that because I feel like diversifying is one of those things that we all try to do to help like leverage those slower times. And then once like that main thing picks up that we're really passionate about, you're like, Oh, I don't need that guy anymore. Like, let's just, let's focus on this thing. Like, There's a lot of screen printing shops out there that are, that kind of experience that. I think the hard part is it's, you just can only really laser focus on one thing when you're stressed out. Like, and I feel like I must stress out all the time just because I've got things, projects I want to do and all this other stuff. And when I'm in my flow, I'm like, okay, I need to get this done today. But then something could come in where it's like, oh, yeah, well, you got to remember you got to do this fulfillment thing or this heat press thing or this other thing that's not like a normal solid daily item. And then it always goes by the wayside. And then that customer tends to get pissed because things take too long and all this other stuff. And it's like, just trim the fat, like get rid of that stuff, like get rid of the stuff that's not like daily flow, which I say that, but then we've had this discussion on the show a bunch of times. I mean, Andy, you've talked about this and whatever is just like, now that this thing runs itself for the most part, like I am trying to think of another project to get into for myself, but I don't want it to be part of this business. Like, I don't want to like add something to this business. I want to do something separately, which is funny because I literally right before this episode, I was on the computer looking at button stuff again. (laughs) I have all the manual stuff, but like I kind of want to get into the auto world of uh, buttons. Like I've done the whole manual button thing for a long time. But now I'm like, if I'm going to start this company up again or do a button company separately, I kind of want it to be its whole own thing. And if it fails, it fails. If it works out, cool. It'll be like a whole other edition. Um which is funny too, because I think it was a while ago or whatever, like merch buttons is still available and that got bought. And so now I could just do merch buttons again, but 
I think what I would do is just hire like one person to just like run it and then let, as if it grows cool, if not, no worries. But I don't want it to be a part of upstate because then I got to like figure out who's going to do it. And like all yeah. these other things, it's just another distraction. Do you guys do much, uh, well, like web stores and stuff like that? Used to. Yeah, used, used to. to. Mm -hmm. Again, that's another thing. Like I, we didn't have a dedicated team that was like, we're going to grow this and like focus on it. It was like the normal, like, Hey, you're an entrepreneur and you're, I'm, my goal as an owner is to like get a new thing in and then grow that and then hand that off, delegate it to somebody here. And I just never had the focus to get it to the point where it was like a full blown thing. Like we had it, we had a bunch of people that were doing fulfillment and we had stores and all this other stuff. But again, like not being laser focused on it and not like giving it all the attention it needed, it kind of just like fizzled out and it was more of a pain in the ass than it was worth. I have all the stuff, like we can do it. It's just, it's not my passion. And how about yeah. you guys? What does opaque? Do you guys have a, a lot of stores or that's something you do? We don't, we don't have a lot of stores, but it's been something that we've been trying to work on. We have like customers that we feel like pretty fit for it. Um, but we've ran into like similar situations where it's like some of these web stores do absolutely horrible and you'll put like, you know, four or five items up there. And it's like, you sell maybe like one of everything. It's like, cool. Now I got to like order DTF transfers to knock out this one hoodie and like digitize this file to knock it, knock out one beating. Same thing. It's like, you kind of put it off to the side. Cause you got like, you know, all the normal workflow coming in and just like, Oh God, like I have to like plug this file in and rethread this machine for this one beanie. Yeah. That's what we talked about Dylan. I think that's why we said that I guess both of us sort of abandoned it is that what's so important I think about having web stores is that I think so many of us put all this work in, you know, we design the logos we um, make the screens, we put the shirts, uh, we print the shirts, we we build the stores, we do all of this work, right? Um, and then we sort of just take it up to the one yard line and then don't really do anything after that. And I think what we decided was, is that, you know, if you're going to do this, you have to have somebody that's like all in, that's dedicated to, to, to this and that helps, I don't know, like um, market it, for example. Like it's very important, like what happens mostly is that the person that you built that store for doesn't really do anything. Like they don't share it on their social media. They don't share it on their Facebook or yeah. their Instagram or say, hey guys, you know, I've got this shirt for sale in the store, go here. You know, I think that you, we sort of have to help them with that because they're busy doing whatever business they do. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that if you're going to do it, you have to have that person that has the time to contact them and say, okay, well, today's the day, by the way, that you need to push this on your social media, you know? And if you don't have that person doing that, they're a lot of times going to drop the ball. Yeah. There's also and, a lot of rules with that kind of stuff that you need to like enforce to the customer. You need to be like, you know, if it is a pre-sale thing, you need to be like, you mm -hmm. have to sell minimum of like 20 items per, per mm -hmm. item on the store. And if you don't, we refund, like there's no doing one item. There's yeah. no doing like five items. It's like you have to sell this amount. And what I did here that was different from a lot of people is I just had a written contract with these people because we had so many customers that were like live touring comedians or whatever. Like we, that's how I started with fulfillment was, well, we did bands forever ago, but I kind of dropped that. And then I really started it back up with these comedians. But the thing was, is they didn't ever want to like buy anything up front because they never knew how it was going to sell. Because a lot of these comedians during COVID 
just couldn't tour and do like live shows, but they had all these fans on the internet. So they were like, I want to do a store, but I'm unsure how things are going to sell, whatever. So I was like, all right, well, what I'll do is we'll narrow it down to like two or three, maybe four designs. And I will front the merch. Like I'll be like, all right, let's do four designs or t-shirt designs, whatever. And I'll print 50 to a hundred, depending on the comedian, like how big they are of each design. And we'll warehouse them, fulfill them to do the whole thing. But like, you're on the hook to pay this if they don't sell or if you leave. So I had a couple that were doing great. Like we sold a ton of stuff for them. We were fulfilling constantly. And it was good because once I saw the numbers come down, I just reprinted. So we always had like a hundred of each item in stock for the most part. And then, like I said, like we kind of closed shop on it and they kind of, again, like we were dropping the ball on a couple of things. And I told them at one point, I was like, honestly, we're kind of going to close on this. And like, you're probably better off going here, like refer them to a new place. But again, they had, they bought the stock that we had on the shelf. It's not like it was on me to do. So what I did is we sold it for premium price. We got a really good amount for each shirt. Well, I can say it now because I don't give a shit because we're not doing it anymore. But like we would sell, say, a T-shirt for like 25 bucks and we would give the customer like 10 bucks. So we were making 15 bucks a shirt for every shirt that sold. And a lot of fulfillment places were like, oh, we charge like a $2 pick fee and this thing and this thing. And it's like we were making 15 bucks an item. Yeah, if we not do the more same on thing. like different items. So it was it was good money. It was just that you needed to have somebody in there dedicated to like pushing the stores and all this other stuff. And you would get people that would be like, "Oh, I have a million plus followers on Instagram, and you know, whatever." You're like, "Oh my god, they're going to sell so many shirts." And it was funny because a lot of those people that had like a million followers sold the worst because they never talked about the store. Yeah, they would do it once, be like, "Oh, we have a merch store," and that was the only post they ever did. And it's like, guys, like every time you mention this, you can see clearly like a bunch of things sell. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they would just never post about it. We started even going to the, uh, it, like we started even doing like digital assets for them. So like we'll design up the post for you, send that over and, the, and, and we'll like be like, hey, you got to post every single day about this. And, and we even tell them like, you know, if you don't meet the minimums, you're, you're on the hook for, uh, meeting the minimum requirements for those items. We're kind of in, it, we're testing the waters. We're not professionals at this while well, we are, cause we're getting paid, but we're not like super well-versed into it. So we're pretty lenient about it and we're taking notes and trying to like figure out, you know, what parameters do we need to say or set and, and, you yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just protecting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, um, I feel like with our first couple of stores that we've done, like you learn very quickly of what's working, what's not working. Um, and so, yeah, that was something that we ran into, but now I think we're starting to get like the hang of how to do things. But I think what you were saying with the contract, like that's super important too, because we've had customers who wouldn't push anything and they have a big following and we're like, Hey, like we want this to be successful too. So Well, they need to be on the hook for something because I feel like yeah. if they're not on the hook, then they just kind of don't care. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, if something sells, I'll make money. If it doesn't, whatever. But it's like they need to know like, hey, if this doesn't work out, like we have a time period. If it sits on the sh- on the shelf with no activity for X amount of time, like you have to buy these like now. Like I'm not going to sit here because Tony had told me this once, Tiny Fish, because me and him kind of shared a client for a little while. And 
then like he took it over but like he's like realistically with a lot of these fulfillment people is it's like we're a storage company now like yeah yeah we screen print but like all this stuff is just storage like we're just putting on a bay in like on a shelf and they're paying us monthly to have it here and then if something sells we make money but for the most part we're they're just paying us for storage hmm. so that's the thing is like you need to figure all those things out and then it comes down to do you have the time for it do you have the space for it like realistically i feel like if you really want to get into the fulfillment game it's like do you have a warehouse that you can just keep shit in 100%. i don't so i was like um i'm out yeah you guys want to get into that more yeah with like select clients you know um people that we feel would work well with that whole model um but we also will run it so that we have like a set end date and we let we have all the information displayed on the site too so like people know that the store ends on this date and then we go into production like i'm not going to upfront the cost on your apparel the only downside is sometimes we will print 15 shirts or you know five shirts or something but at that point it's like we're going to do dtf transfers Mm-hmm. Um, and, and keep them in house, but then we'll also, um, we set a marker too. So like if a customer doesn't sell more than our set marker, then it's like, they don't make any money on it. You know, it's like, give them a little incentive to push it. Yeah. You're saying so, and unless they hit like, let's say for example, 25, there's no, nothing in it for them. It's all like whatever sells, you, you know, you, that's your profit until they hit 25. I like that. Yep. I mean, whatever the number is, but I mean, I just, I, our minimum is 25. So I was just guessing like maybe somewhere in there, you know, and I also like the idea now because when we were running these stores, that was sort of, that was in the DTG era <laughs> and sort of pre DTF. And, you know, maybe there was DTF around, but we weren't really running much of it. So now I think that if we did a store, that would just be mandatory. Like, look, if you're, if we're going to do a store for you, it's just DTF. That's all there is to it. You know, like there's no screen printing option. So we're, we're going to order in, you know, whatever 50 pieces um, or 50 transfers and they will be here. And then when you, when somebody play, you know, in order to fulfill, we can actually, we could actually do it like that. We could be a fulfillment center per piece instead of like pre-printing it or pre-sale, I guess you would call it. We could actually on demand if somebody ordered a medium, let's say we just pull a medium from the shelf do the transfer and then ship it instead of the the other way around. And I think that way um, you, I think you have a better chance of winning in, a, in other words. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the, what's the backstory on you guys? How did you get into it? Yeah. So I started uh, back in my parents' garage and I was just like painting. Uh, I was usually like, like, the block out to like paint designs on screens and I would go to parties and like sell shirts to my friends. And it got to the point where it's like their uh, parents own businesses. They needed shirts. So I ended up like, I know Ryanette probably hated me because I always went in there and I was like, Hey, can you guys make me a screen? Hey, can you make me a screen? And finally they were like, Hey dude, you should probably like get an exposure unit and like actually learn how to do this. So because you're like across the street from them, right? Yeah. I grew up in like this Vancouver area where they're at. So I was just kind of like dropping in. And I also liked the like whole demographic over there. And, um, yeah. So like there's one guy that really stood out. His name's Mark. Mark would like, um, 
he would help me out in the uh, dark room. And then he ended up like hooking me up with the class one time. And so, uh, I took the, the Ryan experience and we, uh, yeah, I got to know those guys really well. Um, and just kind of like dove into it a little more. It was always like my side hustle as a teenager. And then even getting into, you know, all the other stuff that I did as a kid, uh, it was always something that I could fall back on and make some money. And I remember I like got fired from this excavating job. Cause I jackknifed this, uh, this excavating truck. And, um, I kind of hit this point where I'm like, I have bills to pay. I'm like out on my own. I'm 22 years old. And I'm like, I don't want to go get another job working for somebody. I enjoy screen printing. Like maybe I'll just like go try to get several jobs and, and knock out orders for people. So I kind of just like quit my job or I got fired from my job and then, um, dove into screen printing after that. And I was like, okay, one month goes by. I'm like, Hey, I'm still doing it. Like I can pay my bills. This is cool. And then, um, I just kind of like started leveling up my quit equipment as like the cash started coming in a little bit more. And then, you know, fast forward a couple years later, it's like, I was able to finance some like nicer equipment, get rid of my like 20 year old Riley Hopkins press. And I think they were called Hopkins back in the day, but, but uh, yeah, I ended up doing that and then got into like vehicle graphics and wraps. Um, and then I think probably about six years into that, I ended up um, getting a shop. And shortly after that's when I met Ty and Ty, that's where you come in. Go ahead and share the, the, that side of things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had met and he just moved into this shop um, and we were just like very fresh into dating. And so we had like a really fun summer together. And then once starts, uh, business started to pick up, he was just super busy. And so that also limited like the time that we could spend together. And so he would come home and then, you know, he's doing quotes, sending out emails to like midnight, one in the morning, trying to catch up on all these things. And I was just like, Hey dude, like, is there anything that I can help you with? Cause like, if you're working and I could do this during the day, then like we could be going out and like, still like having that balance of like a work life. And so, yeah, I hopped in and started doing that. And so he, uh, we had like just gotten printable right there. So we were able to jump on quickly from there. Um, and yeah, then I became the Jill of all trades. And so, you know, I was back there catching shirts, folding, boxing. And then if there's vinyl that needs to be done, I'll be there doing vinyl and then embroidery. I'm there helping with embroidery. So wherever, anywhere, anyone's needed, I, I'm there to help. It's like the, it's like the Andy and Joanne story. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, isn't it, wasn't it almost like heaven sent to like, I, I feel like when there's somebody that's you know, your partner like that. Um, and you're so connected and so close and they understand like what you're going through and all of that stuff. And they like, if you have a bad day, they, they really get it and they can support you and vice versa, you know, and, and yes, it's true. You try not to talk about it and bring work home with you. And you're like at dinner and stuff like that. You're like, Hey, we're not talking about the shop while we, while we have dinner at all. And then like five minutes in, you're like, Hey, so, but yeah, you know, like it's, it, it was really, you know, when you're struggling, when you're by yourself and you're trying to do all that stuff, you know, that you, that all of a sudden she started doing it, it just, um, like she, um, said, you know, your work-life balance becomes so much better and you have somebody that you can really trust like right away, you know, instead of, 
hiring somebody that, you know, that's going to do all that stuff that you don't know if they're going to be any good or if they're going to rob you and all that kind of stuff. So it's great. And you don't have to pay them for late hours too. <laughs> True. <laughs> she had like a set salary too. And it was like so low, but it was so much, it was like more than I would pay myself, but it worked out. It's like, you know, I, we, we just made it work. Like we're, we're like, okay. When we actually first met, um, I like remember sitting on this log by this Creek and I was like stressing. Cause I had like my rent, I had my shop rent, all the stuff coming out. And so I was just like, this was probably like a few months into us dating. And I was like, yeah, Ty. So I gotta be like really honest with you. Uh, I'm broke. And obviously like I work all the time <laughs> and that was kind of that moment where it was like, yeah, she, she helped step in and take, take some of the reins off me so that we can actually like hit that next phase of growth. So she, she actually, you. I was going to say she actually loves him for him, you know, not for his awesome, her successful screen printing company. She was there. <laughs> it was there when you had nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was and there it, for the late nights, sleeping <laughs> at the shop. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, delirious printing the whole yeah. thing. So, awesome. and now we haven't had a super late night like that for a while. So that's, that's a win. <laughs> that's the win. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm curious about the, the classes. Like you said, you took a class at Ryanet. Was that like a one day thing? Was that like the whole, like, isn't it a couple day experience thing? Or so, yeah, it was like, a the, the first one. But I did it twice. So yeah, the first time it was like two days and then I took, an, I ended up buying some equipment from them. And so they gave you like three more days or whatever. And at that point, that was before Ty and I met. So I ended up like asking my mom, I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to go take this like three day screen printing class. You want to like come with me? could be something that, you know, you might be interested in doing. I don't know. My mom's been a waitress. Like my mom was a single mom growing up. And so I like always had this idea of like, oh, I'm going to like help her get out of this like horrible work atmosphere and like come join my horrible work atmosphere. <laughs> Drag her into it. Yeah. I'm just curious because I'm just like, I know people go to these things to like, I never did that. Like when I started, I didn't have a class. I just kind of like was into selling and then I ended up working in another screen printing shop and then I kind of learned from that and then continued. But I'm curious because me and Andy had done summer camp last year and we're in talks of doing more. And I just really want to know from people like what, what could we do to have classes that you actually take something away from? And you're like, I can actually like take this and go back to my shop and like, be able to better myself instead of just being like i took an ultra fucking basics like screen printing class and i it just like confirmed what i already knew you know what i mean like i want to be like yeah this is some shit where you're like oh my god like yeah, i can actually use this i know ryan does amazing classes that's why i'm asking like what you took from that to like because before you said you were just kind of like painting walk on screens and then you were burning screens with Ryan. Like, what did you take away from that class to be like, okay, I'm a business now and I can like do this. Uh, the biggest one was like doing film separations. Um, they had like the first day there was like a section on doing separations and how to like actually, you know, separate artwork. That was maybe a SIM process versus a spot process. And so I felt like that was probably the biggest takeaway because like I knew how to coat screens and I knew how to expose screens, 
I think anytime you go into these classes, you know, whether it be like water-based camp or whatever, it's like you, obviously you, you've done it. Like you, you know how to get these things done, but at the end of the day, it's like, there's still things that you can perfect and there's ways that these guys are doing it differently that you can implement. And so I really try to come into those situations, just being dumb, like ask questions. And, you know, I think there's always, there's always a takeaway, even if you know something. Yeah. Would you have, okay. So it's really convenient for you because it's in your same town or city. In fact, I guess it's really close, like across the street or something for you to take these classes. Would you have flown, like, would you have got gotten on a jet airplane and flown to Chicago, let's say? you know, to take that class? Short answer would be no. Um, Now, if there was like a more advanced class, yes. I think that if you're diving more in depth, like I I did go to the Texas water-based camp um, Mm -hmm. over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And we did, I mean, I've been printing with water-based, solely water-based for five years now. And like, that's basically all of our, how our, that's all we print is with Matt Suey. And there, there, I had a, I had a, like just a notebook of questions that I wanted to ask things like problems that we were encountering. And, you know, like, I think a person that's like just starting out screen printing, they're probably not going to be that intrigued to go to, to like a water-based camp mm-hmm. um, versus somebody that's got like, you know, a little bit of background in screen printing. It's like, let's, let's tap in onto some of these more key points. Right, but that's something that you can go to, like you said, you're really diving into water base and you, you have a bunch of questions, like the cost of the ticket and the hotel and the whatever, it's totally worth having those answers to invest in your business and like grow it. So like when me and Andy did ours, it was like how to print the best white and like have a, you know, a good underbase and a solid foundation because it can be used for all of your prints. You know what I mean? It's not just printing white. Like if you have a great base, then the rest of your print for anything should be good. So again, like trying to figure out what to do next, that's actually like beneficial to somebody that's not just like, this is how you burn a screen. Like, yeah. You know, I would like to do something where it's like, oh yeah, I need to know this or, you know, and again, it's not me and Andy doing it. Like we're hiring out experts that are just like, I say hiring, but like just asking our friends to be like, Hey, can you explain this to a bunch of people? So, yeah. And I mean, you know, there's still established shops out there that are still under basing black and using one ten mesh screens and all across the board. It's like, you know, those things are important if you're wanting to like achieve the quality of, you know, your competition or your other shops in your area. You know, it's, you got to dive into that stuff a little bit and perfect your product. There's stuff that's constantly coming out, changing the industry. How can you, how can you be better than you were before that? So you can keep up with the times. Yeah. I think another, I think another use case on this, while we're on this topic, another use case for these classes is not necessarily like in your situation where you personally, as the shop owner went out um, and went to this class, you could, you know, you could send a production manager or a press operator, let's say, you know, or somebody in your ink department, like if you sent them, if they're relatively new hire or whatever it is, like if you sent just them, um, someone from your team to go learn, you know, that's really beneficial 
I think also, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be just the shop. In other words, I think we had some of that with our summer camp, you know, there were people here that weren't necessarily shop owners. They just came from other shops to see about, you know, see techniques in other words. And I think that's really beneficial. It was even me. Like I brought Bill along as my production manager and like he, mm -hmm. he asked a ton of questions just to kind of get in the weeds on things. And he brought it back here and, you know, it made a difference in my shop. Right. And it was my fucking camp. Like <laughs> what I'm saying it's just kind of like, mm -hmm. Like you said, like ask the ask the dumb questions. Like there is no wrong question, basically. Like there is no dumb question. Yeah. Um, well, I was the annoying kid in the classroom with my hand always raised. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of people just are too prideful to ask questions, and then they end up being left behind because they didn't ask questions and get the answers. And I just want to I want to do more of this, and I'm I'm curious like what we should get into. So. Well, even when uh, with print hustlers, like we just hired um, our production manager probably like two weeks before we all went to um, print hustlers. And my like leading factor was it's like we him and I were chatting about bringing bringing him on for like two years and everything kind of aligned to the point where it's like he he was ready to move over towards this area. He's from Seattle. And so we all, uh, it all worked out. And then I just wanted to be able to go have like this team bonding experience where we have multiple years listening to all the information coming in. And then we can all like go back to our Airbnb and just be like, well, did, what were you guys' takeaways, you know? And, yeah. um, and, and then dive into it. It's like, we're all in this for the longevity. Like I want, I want all of us to succeed, to succeed, not just me. And not just her. It's like, I want my uh, production manager to be like, I want him to make dough. I want him to be happy working here. And how can we as owners help perfect our system to be a better shop, to be a better work atmosphere. And, um, you know, it doesn't always have to just be printing relay or like screen printing. That's true. Like how, like it can be more in depth of organization, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, stuff. it's really complicated to screen printing shop. And so, yeah, you could have front end things like how do you, you know, customer service. I mean, I don't think anyone even does that. Like, how do you, um, what does order intake even look like at a shop, you know, and what's the best flow from, from that moment on. And so it's, I think even those would be great, you know? So, yeah. um, Hey, so I have uh, a question. This occurred, this happened, uh, in my life. Uh, recently, and I was curious as to how you guys handle this. So, um, you know, you get looped in to a group text or a group chat, whatever you whatever they're called. And um, I know, I know, like you can, you can silence notifications and mute it, but all of a sudden it just blows up, and there's all of these. Dylan's trying to hide his smile; he's going like this because you know um, you get all of these notifications and you're like, at some point you're like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't want this anymore. And I, 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 you know, you, you try to ignore it, but it's still on your phone. Like it'll still say 25 missed, you know, messages or whatever missed, or it has a number 25. And it's, I, I don't, I, this year, this I shouldn't say this year, last year was really um, a lot for me. I went through a whole lot. I was, um, I had this nerve that was crunched and what it, it sent me into this like fight or flight mode that was just constant. Like it like, never turned off. And so I was overstimulated. It's called hyperstimulation. 
anxiety. Long story short, Andy and, was a fucking dick last year. <laughs> I I argue that maybe I had an excuse, is, but, but I but I still am. But I I did something awful, I think. And I told Dylan, I was like, I want to be better. <laughs> like I want to be a better person in 2024. And I and what I ended up doing is I left that group. Like, you know, and I just said, I'm done. I left because I didn't want to be notified in, in any way, shape, or form that this was even happening, that these texts were going on. And so of course that that tells like in that group it says Andy left the fucking group the asshole like left the group and uh the person one of the person I think the person who started that group was uh you know that hurt his feelings and I didn't want that like that wasn't my intention you know but I just and so I was thinking oh, okay just leave it alone next time like don't do it but I don't want it like I don't want it on my phone there's too many I'm bombarded all the time with stuff and even to the point where I've considered a dumb phone, you know, like just go back to the freaking 90s or whatever and give me this phone that doesn't have anything on it and I could use it for emergencies. Like there's no data, it's called, there's it's, no Wi-Fi. It's called, it's called life alert. And I think you're about at <laughs> that age now where you can just press the red button and the ambulance shows up. My question is, um, is it rude to leave a group that you don't want to be part of Okay, so I'm getting, a, I'm getting, a, I have somebody on my team, like, all right, this is good. One other person <laughs> in the world agrees. <laughs> I think transparency is key, man. I think if you can just explain your position mm. and then exit. Well, obviously you told Ty on a log by the river how broke you were. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm the most transparent. You'll like, yeah, I'm so transparent. I think that was one thing I uh, established early on in our relationship. I'm like, dude, you got to be comfortable to discuss anything with me because that's what I require. And I'll be transparent with you. I'll let you know if something's going to upset me within reason. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a people pleaser. So I'm on the other side of the camp where like it, makes me cringe to not participate or not be part of the group because I don't know. It's just, there's multiple things with it. I'm always learning things from other people and I get FOMO when I'm not in the group, but it was funny. Me and Andy were discussing this yesterday because I was on my way home from the airport and we were talking in the car and, uh, we were talking about this topic or whatever and how he left the group in a river. And I was like, I knew, in that scenario because i'm friends with andy that that's just andy like he's fed up with it and he's like fuck it i don't want to deal with it anymore and other people in the group were all offended that andy left and i was like this he's just a dick just understand that he's an asshole and he just fucking doesn't want to hear from us anymore that's just what it is and yeah I feel like I can understand being overstimulated with all of that because um, we have a lot of different friend groups that are constantly going on and people just like talk about random things or there's a lot of like work text messages coming through. He's getting calls, you have emails. And so it's just like, I feel like there's a lot happening during the day. And so just like constantly having something there for me, like I definitely, I probably would have left the group too. Granted, I don't know what the group was or anything about the group. Um, Ty responds for me, so I might disregard that. <laughs> I'm the one who ignores the group chat. I have like one group chat that I respond to and it's surfing related and how the forecast is. I like your take on this though. I think that the way, what I should have done is be transparent and say, hey guys, you know, um, I've got too much going on right now and 
I am like hyper stimulated and this is making it worse. Um, I love you, but um, I'm out, you know, like, well, that would have been way you. better than just Andy left. The room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like passive aggressive because, like, you really. know, because, you know, you know, and I'm going to say this in whole, wholeheartedly because we've all said this a ton of times. He didn't leave the mild boys chat. It, it was a different it was a different chat. But the mild boys chat is a group of us that are all, you know, printers and whatever, but we all have each other's back and we talk about like emotional shit and we all like talk about like there's some, some sensitive shit in there. It's not just a group of dudes that are all just talking shit with each other all day long. And you know that if you would have said that to them, they all would have like been all about it and been like, yeah, dude, you do you like whatever. Cause even we were just talking about this before, like we started another group chat off of that group chat. That's all about <laughs> health and wellness. That's like now we're all like sending each other our fucking rings every day, being like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, you got this," or like, "Hey, let's mm -hmm. do this other thing." And it's, you know, if you would have told them like, "Hey guys, like I'm just, you know, overstimulated right now," they'd be like, "Yeah, no worries, whatever." You probably would have got fucking gift baskets mailed to you. Ah, yeah, well, there now, it is. Now Andy probably has a little bit of FOMO. <laughs> now um, he's happy. I think that, I mean. I didn't think anything that's, that's, I think what my, I think that's my biggest problem is that I was an only child. I, I, uh, that doesn't give me an excuse. I'm an adult now and I should have learned, but it, I think it comes, it's rooted in just my only child syndrome where like, Hey, if I don't fucking want this, I'm out. Like I'll just move on to the next thing. I got too many things to go on. But what I have to do better is consider other people's feelings. Cause they were my friends and, um, I still am. I still chat with them otherwise, just not in that group. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, um, I get it. So, well, hey, it's 2024, so. Andy, yes, I'm going to say this publicly. Mm -hmm. I forgive you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Forgive you. It's okay. Oh, Dylan was in part of that group. That's right. Yeah. So, um, it's okay. I, understand. I appreciate that. So I have, um, and this, you were just mentioning our fitness goals. And it is 2024 and it is January. You always hear oh, you should shoot for the moon. And if you don't make it, you'll land on a star, the stars or whatever. And you are, whatever the saying goes, I'm probably getting that wrong. But you, you should set your goals really, really high. And my argument is that maybe you shouldn't like, because maybe you should do something achievable at the beginning of the year, you know, hey, it's January 4th. And if I'm like super far off from my goals, I'm just going to throw it, throw it in and just say, you know, like, forget it. I'm going to, I can't do this. It's just too much. I don't have time for this. Just this one more thing. And you, and you fall off and you don't do it. Whereas if you set this achievable goal, that's something that's like you can do, whether it's on your fitness app or your business or, or whatever it's going to be, isn't that a, is that a better way? Like, what are your, what are y'all's takes on, on this whole thing? <laughs> I'm curious to hear Ty's point on this. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree with you. I think, um, having achievable goals, I think that's what keeps the motivation for you to keep going to achieve your long-term goals. Um, with that being said, I think it's also important to have the mindset and to celebrate the little wins too, because I think a lot of the time we don't really pay attention to that. We just see what the end goal is and we're not taking the time to be like, Hey, like, you know, I stood for 10 hours today. I got 30 minutes in of exercise, but maybe I didn't burn as many calories, but Hey, like, I'm glad that I did this because normally I don't do that. Mm. And so kind of just like breaking that down a little bit and then, yeah, I don't know. I still agree with all that you said. I'm different. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> uh, 
as fun as celebrating like the small wins, like, yeah, they're, they make us feel good in that given moment. It's like, I don't get that extreme amount of dopamine I do when I like achieve that big goal. So I think just like really shooting for the stars for me is like how I've always been. And then I beat the shit out of myself when I don't do it. <laughs> um, but that's just me. And then, and then I, and then I come to the new year and I'm like, wow, why do I suck this last year? Like, how can I do better? <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Like I do get my dopamine in other places as well, but <laughs> yeah, I, I shoot for the stars. I'm also like a risk it for the biscuit type of person. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> but I'm I fucking like it, using though. that all yeah. the time. Someone's gonna be like, "You want to do this?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, bro! Let's risk it for the biscuit." <laughs> um, I'm a very organized person, and I try to keep everything like neat and orderly. And I'm I'm a like task oriented person and routine. So like for me with goals, I have, and again, everyone on this fucking thing always bust my nuts about having post-it notes but like for me it if i have a goal or something i really do need to get done work oriented or whatever like i make a post-it note or i have behind me i have a whiteboard in my office where like i will write like monthly tasks or things i want to get done because if i just think it and then i'm like oh yeah i should do this this is cool i'm gonna forget it in like five minutes like I need to like write things down and make lists and be like, oh, okay, I can actually achieve this thing. And one thing I do a lot is I email myself because for me, my inbox is my checklist. Like every day I get it down to, I hope, mm -hmm. the goal is to get it down to zero in my inbox. But like I email myself and I'm like, okay, I have to do this task or goal. So I think for me, those are my little wins is like, oh, you should do this or you should do this. And like, I have those in there and I'm like, cool. Like if my inbox is empty at the end of the day, like I feel like, I can I risked it for the biscuit, but <laughs> um, the big goals go on the whiteboard of like, okay, we need to make, you know, SOPs for this department or something like that's a big goal. And when that one's done, you're like, okay, cool. But under that big goal might be like five other tasks that are like the little wins of like, okay, order label printer, um, get linked up with this app or something that's going to let me make these SOPs or whatever. And it's like, it's achievable. Um, but I, I agree. I think we should all strive for things and just not get like, you know, I don't like when people just get something done and sit in it and be like, all right, well, I'm just going to ride this year out on this thing. Like, I think we should always be striving to well, better ourselves in some way. Okay. And so that's my, I guess that's my point. And I feel you Dallas on the, you know, dopamine, I guess, like, you know, you want to set it really, really far out. But I think that if I'm just hitting this goal and it becomes too easy, I'm going to adjust it. I guess as as the year goes or as time, whatever time frame you put on it, you can adjust and 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 set your goal further out. And that sort of like plays into what you were saying, Dylan. And then you get those like constant dopamine, I guess, if that's what we're um, one of the one of the right. reasons why we're setting goals is to get, you know, a feel good um, drug, just a natural one anyway. I mean, yeah, it does. It feels good to, to hit that every day. And you're like, and everybody's like, yeah, let's go. You know, we're get, we're hitting our goals. And I'm, I'm about ready to, I think it was Alex at easy way that said, um, there was a little bit of conversation about, you know, the, the, the goals or some people's were different. And he was like, oh, I like keeping mine low a little bit right now. It's because this is just so new for me. I didn't want to be able to like say that I'm achieving this, you know, I'm, I'm like actually hitting this and then I'm going to up it instead yeah. of like putting a way out there and then failing 
too many times in a row. I think there's, I think there's an argument for both actually. Like there's a good argument for both. Maybe it's more individual. Like maybe it worked, what works for one doesn't work for the other. I don't know. Yeah. I think setting like those big, those big goals and then having a breakdown of the smaller goals to be able to achieve those. That's kind of how my brain works. So, you know, the little wins might be considered those little smaller goals, like whether it be like, this year, I want to hit X amount for a figure for growth. Mm. Uh, in order, in order to do that, this is what I need. You know, I need to do this type of marketing. I need, should be putting out X amount of email blasts this week. Uh, maybe reach out to five new prospects or something like that. Those could be like broken down to hey, this these small short term goals are going to be what is going to help me achieve this more extravagant thing. This biscuit. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing like in personal growth, I've kind of talked a little bit on here about my situation, but like I think over the last year and a half or two years, like I've done a lot of looking at myself and trying to work on myself a lot. And I think one of the main things I've realized is my common sense is that other people's common sense and my brain works a different way than other people's brain but in reality we can all achieve these goals together we don't always have all have to have the same mindset you know like i might have friends or family or loved ones or whatever that we might butt heads on something or i'm always like why aren't they doing this or why isn't this getting done or why am i neat why are you dirty as far as like whatever and there's people that their other mindset might be you know my house is disorganized or whatever but i know where everything is you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. Like they're clean human beings. It's just, they live a lifestyle of like, I'm okay if like there's, you know, every flat surface in the house is like got shit piled on it. And it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's people like that, that they were just raised that way or they're, they're cool with that. And that's how their brain works. And then me, I'm like always wiping things or organizing things or putting things away, or I'm a minimalist and I don't like have shit all over the walls in my apartment or whatever. And it's like, it's just two different ways of doing the same thing. As he has and shit all I, over the walls behind him right I, now. I just, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, like these are, you know, things that are important to me, but it's not mm -hmm. like, like the rest of my office is neat and organized. Like these are mm -hmm. tchotchkes. So like, I just, I, I'm just coming to terms that, that, that I need to operate in my business that way as well. Like I've always had the business mentality of like my close friends are my managers and we all kind of can finish each other's sentences because we're all kind of the same human being. You know what I mean? Like we all have the same mindset, but when you hire new people, you have to realize that other people operate in different ways and you can't be frustrated at them when they're thinking of doing it in a different way. And you're like, what a moron. Like, why didn't they think of this? Or how come they didn't think of do it this way or this way? And it's like, they're just, their brain operates differently. And I think that's something that like I personally am coming to terms with of just like, I need to let them do things in their own way and we can achieve these goals in the end, but I need to be okay with that. And it's kind of been a hard thing. Being able to like step away from micromanaging like that is huge. And I allowing people to do that task, like they, they may take a different road to get there, but at the end of the day, it's like, you're going to get there. Right. You know, and they're going to be happier because they didn't have somebody breathing down their shoulder. You know, I kind of had that realization, you know, I would say probably about a year and a half ago, where it's like, we always hired, you know, the young kids and trained them up how to do this task. 
And what happened is when we hired experienced people, it's like the last thing somebody wanted to, wanted was me to be like, oh yeah, this is how you should put ink in a screen or whatever. It's like, no, like you guys, you know what you're doing. Like I'm going to step away, but please, I'm going to open up this, this door where if you have a question, please come get me. Right. We've done that in the shop too. And we've had this discussion where it's kind of like everyone might be do something a different way as far as production, because it's, you know, it's, it's manufacturing. So basically like our, our thing is do it your way, like do what you feel comfortable. But in the end, what we're going to do is we're going to look at, say there's three different press operators or three different press assistants or whatever. And I can't remember what the last one was. It was like one press operator likes to leave squeegees and flood bars in and then take the screen out and then throw another screen in. And then another press operator likes to take the squeegees and flood bars out and then take the screen out and all this other stuff and move things around. And it was kind of like, all right, well, you both have efficient-ish ways of doing this, but in the long run, which one is more efficient and which one saves time? Because mm -hmm. that's what we're going to adopt as Upstate is like, okay, this is our new SOP. This is our new standard, standing, yeah. This is our new way of doing it, and that's what we'll do. We'll just time it. We'll be like, okay, you do this this run, and then the other one will do this run. And it's like, okay, well, this one's five minutes faster. Like maybe yeah. we should you should you should teach the other one how to do it this way because it's saving us a lot of time. Like we were just talking about it today. Like we had a newish hire here that it's again a little bit slower today, and we were like, oh, why don't you change the pal tape on this press? And Bill came in and he's like, man, she changed the pallet tape way faster than like we're used to. And I was like, well, fuck, that makes our rest of our team look shitty because she's doing it so much faster. Maybe we should ask her how <laughs> she did it so much faster. So it's things yeah. like that where you don't think like if you were to just be stuck in your ways of like, this is how we do it. My way might be not as efficient as what someone else comes up with. And then it levels us up because people are constantly thinking and competing with how to do things better. So that's what I mean. You need to open up your mind and be like, I'm going to let someone else be creative and come up with a way. And yeah, like they might come up with a way to do it, but if it's better than my way, then that's what we'll adopt. If it's not as good Absolutely. as my way, then we'll stay with my way. Maybe that's our next camp is how to put pallet tape on. Like you could, you could host it. <laughs> It'd be real your, quick. Well, I don't know. Maybe she has like the secret that, you know, I mean, it's worth it, right? If you're going to say, but what if you saved, I don't know, on a 14 color, we have 16 pallets on that press. It could take at least a half hour. And so what if you saved, I don't know if you could trim off 10 minutes every time you do it, you know, I don't know. You could. Right, but I mean, me, me in the beginning, I could be like, oh, I learned how to do pallet tape from X person or whatever. And I would just do it that way for forever until someone came along and showed me a better way to do it. Mm. So to so, I mean, I can't be that asshole and just be like, this is how it's done. On a side note, uh, have you guys ever seen that method where instead of uh, changing pallet tape, you sand it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you guys tried it? I haven't because every time I see it, I'm like, we can do this. I feel like we could do this just as fast with a scrub brush and water instead of like getting out of sander, doing it that way, throwing lint everywhere. The lint is probably the downside of it. Um, but I've tried both meth methods with water and uh, a sander, and the sander is definitely kick-ass. Really? 
it like, looks cool. It's, it's fat. It's fast. And if you keep up on it, like you can go months without changing pallet tape. One of the things I want to test here when we start to slow down in the next couple of weeks is the print grip stuff. Cause there's, hmm. a, there's a couple of printers that I know that use print grip and they're like, yeah, it's awesome. And then there's some printers I know that haven't, that do it this other way. And they're just like, Oh, we just use, you know, like we've always done like water-based adhesive. And like I said, we, we got it down to where we just have like the screen scrub pads and we have a water bottle and we just real quick spritz, like put some muscle into it. It's like maybe five, six scrubs and the whole pallet's clean again. And it's like, all right, well, I see people using these sanders and like, all right, well, then we got to get a sander out. And, you know, right now it's two people scrubbing at the same time because when the machine comes around, the loader and unloader are scrubbing at the same time. So it's like, do we just have one person sitting there? Like one wets it and the next one sands it or, still, or what? What's sweeping the floor. <laughs> right. You still run two sets of pallets, one for hoodies and then one for everything yes. else. Yeah. And so when you get a split order of 50 hoodies, 50 tees, you run, how do you run that? We'd run, we'd run the whatever which one first we run the tees first probably take the pallets off put the hoodie pallets on do the hoodies you, don't. you do a pallet uh changeover for even as low as 50 like that or would you just load yeah. no we change the pallets out or what if you changed out half your pallets and then ran well that would suck you, you can't do that could. it just yeah it would suck but yeah. we just changed all the pallets out with printing with water base that would suck because we have to go wipe out every screen yeah in between so you're like wiping all the screens changing out the pallets it would yeah you mean changing so out the pallets for hoodies versus tees correct yeah so if we're doing a split run between hoodies and t-shirts mm -hmm. it's like we after we ran t-shirts then you're going around wiping all the screens out changing out the pallets and then getting it going again you I mean because of the downtime yeah yeah so they don't try on the screen yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Because of the downtime of changing all the pallets out, you'd probably have, unless you're like super fogger or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't but, think of that. Yeah, I mean, we've used that method for a long time and we like it a lot. I mean, it saves us from changing pallet tape a lot. If anything, we ha we only change pallet tape now when we have to. Like, mm -hmm. and we don't even have to. Like, we have the t-shirt the pallets that I basically have a thing on the schedule now that's like change, like don't forget to change pallet tape. Like, And it's like every two months. Because we've had it before where like you leave pallet tape on for too long, then it becomes like married to the rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't it come off. Like literally we had that once, but it was because of a shit employee, but they just refused to change the pallet tape because they were like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then when he got fired and I went out to like look at over what he had done in press and whatever, like I could not get the pallet tape off. Like it was seriously like married to the rubber and I tried scraping it and it just became a mess. And what I ended up doing is I ended up changing the rubber on all the pallets, which sucked, like sanding them down and putting fresh rubber on and everything else. It was a huge Was pain. that a flash thing or what? Was he like running the flash super hot? I, I mean, I guess, but let's like <clears> think about <throat> if you have pallet tape on for like four months or whatever, it just becomes, yeah. the glue isn't glue anymore. It's just there's like fully part of it. And it's, it's yeah. not worth it. Um, now it's more of like, okay, if you see a tear in it or you, it starts to bubble or something weird, then like just change the pallet tape. Like, I don't care. It's not like we're doing it daily. Like there's a lot of shops that are like every other job. They're like, oh, I have a tea job, a hoodie job, a this job. And they're constantly changing pallet tape. And it's like, okay, well, that's a half hour every time you change it. And if you're changing it two times a day or whatever, it's an hour a day you're losing. I gave up on the... Tape on the extra set of pallets thing and I sold you mine remember and they yeah and they got and lost you, in the mail you, 
They didn't get lost. <laughs> they didn't get lost. They were, they, they actually, they did. And I, and, yes, and so did. what happened when they got lost? Remember, let's tell the story. The accurate story is I sent you at no charge more pallets. <laughs> Your shittiest pallets that you had in the shop. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were. <laughs> um, exactly. All right. So, um, if you got, I got something real quick though. Yeah. yeah. What do you got? Leads off of this whole thing of goals and having the, the group chats and all this other stuff is, and Christina noted this, that you guys kind of talked about it real quick. It was just kind of like having mentors. Do you guys yes. have mentors that you're kind of reaching out to with the growth of your business? A hundred percent. Yeah. <clears throat> I talk with, uh, like Ross, uh, with rock quite a bit. Um, and then Ryan, uh, with Ryan Ed as well. Uh, they both have been like extremely supportive of opaque and like the direction that we're going. And then there's definitely been times where I'm like, Hey, like something's not adding up here. And, you know, like Ryan will come over, run through the books with me, or, uh, you know, I got a, a marketing question or sales question rocks, like or Ross is like on it. And it's important because like, you know, I was the kid that just was going to parties selling shirts. Like I didn't have a huge business degree or anything. And so, um, you know, now I'm at this point in my life where like people rely on me for their livelihood. And if we're doing crappy in business, like I need to fix it and I need to reach out to people and get their input on something and, or just even get like their reassurance on something, you know, like I want to hear the devil's advocate side of this crazy decision I want to make. Yeah. And adding on to that too, I think it's also important um, for us as well to be very active in the screen printing community, because that was something that we lacked for a while because we were just so busy um, and really just not choosing to make that time. And so now it's like going to print hustlers, connecting with other shops. Like it's really good to hear what other people are going through because, you know, we all go through the same stuff. And so to be able to connect on that and hear, um, how people are solving things this way versus that way. And just really being <clears throat> in the community. The thing is, is nowadays, like, this is how I feel about it is I don't need like one or two mentors, like, it's like a hive mind at this point. Like yeah. if you insert yourself in the industry so much, like th there's a million people you can reach out to with any question. Like if I had, I don't do embroidery, but if I had an embroidery question, there's 30 people I could reach out to that I know are like expert embroider people. And I could reach out to all of them. And then I could take the average of what they all say. You know what I mean? One guy might say, oh, it has to be this way. And then you ask another person like, well, actually I do it this way. And then you kind of put the, things together and be like, well, I'll meet in the middle or maybe, you know, go with what the most often thing is. But I just feel like there's so many, I encourage people that if you are a shop owner or even a employee at a shop, like reach out and be a part of like one of these groups or to text chats or discord or go to print hustlers or all these other things, because you can get just about any of your questions answered at these things or with these other people. Absolutely. And uh, kind of on this note, I do have a question for you guys. Um, what do you think was some of the most pivotal decisions in your guys' career that led you to where you guys are today? Maybe. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's kind of broad, but wherever you feel could be. So I feel like, you know, 
with print shops, we have an idea of like where we want to be in the future. Um, and we all go through the same thing. So what do you think were kind of the game changer decisions that kept you moving forward? You want me to go first? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I would just say right off the top of my head, uh, I would I would probably have to, I can't pinpoint it to like a single decision, but at some point along the way, I realized that um, my my role had shifted pretty drastically from being out on the production floor and you know the guy that's loading shirts or whatever um, whatever needs to be done, making screens, all that stuff, to um, just supporting a team, you know, and that was. I never had done that before. Like I never had any training with or experience. Like I never worked in anywhere where I was a manager, you know? Um, and so I went from this sort of like, you know, I came from this garage shop that grew into something larger and I had to learn how to manage people and I was terrible at it. Um, but I, through experience and through mistakes and successes, you know, I, I said, okay, I figured it out. Like I'm still figuring it out, but I figured out how to be better anyway. And so I think that um, that was really the most important thing for us, for our growth, because I couldn't, like, we wouldn't be our size if it weren't for everyone here. And I'm not saying that, like, that's better, that we need to be our size or anything like that. It just sort of, it just sort of happened. This evolved into what it did just because. And uh, then I eventually, I, I pumped the brakes and I, and I was like, okay, we're big enough. I don't want to be bigger. But it was really, um, if I hadn't done that, you know, like, figured out how to um, manage a team, then like we would never be what we are. That's for sure. You know, and, and I think that's really hard. I think that's really hard to, to, that's sort of what we are, our seminar, uh, is on. Like when part of it anyway, is when in Long Beach is we're talking about managing teams and stuff. And so it's, it's, it's gotta be the hardest part of the business. Honestly. Well, by far, just, I think I'm going to piggyback off you a little bit and say that like pivotal moments in my career were one, just, and you don't, I don't think you, at the, in the moment you think of like this being a big decision that's going to change your career, but I think just knowing what you want, like setting a goal and knowing like this, this is where I'm going to be happy. Cause I feel like too many people are just like constantly in the rat race of like, I need to have the biggest shop. I need to have the most square footage. I need to have the most employees. This is how I'm going to be successful. It's just getting more and more and more. And like, I think you just need to realize like, what do I want in life? Like, oh, I want to have like, you know, I want to have my car and I want to have my house and I want my kids to be happy and I want to do this amount of traveling or whatever it is I want to do. And like, okay, well, what, how much money do you need to achieve that? And then it's like, okay, well, I can do all of that. I can live the best life that I feel like I'm living with what I have right now. Like, why do I need to be like, oh, I need a bigger building and five more autos and I need to do this and this. Like, why don't I just cap it here and be like, okay, I've got three autos. I've got the shop paid for everything's like, literally I have no debt. Like, why don't I just live my life now? Like grow this to where it, it funnels in and the shop runs itself. And like everyone here's happy and we got the best pay and best benefits and whatever. And let's just like ride it out. Like, yeah, we're constantly improving things and adding in new technology and all this other stuff, but I'm not like, you know what we need to do next year? We need to have X growth and we need to have this thing and we need to have, we need to hire five more people and this, like that shit makes me crazy. Like don't want, that's the most stressful part of all of this is just like the constant 
fighting to get to the next level. And it's like, just know where you want to go I, is my, I guess, advice in this is just be like, this is where I'm going to be happy. And this is what I want to do. Like if what you ultimately want to do is own 18 autos and have this fucking massive thing that fucking by all means, dude, you're going to be bald and you're going <laughs> to, you know, your stress levels are going to be through the roof. Like, go ahead, have fun with it. Fucking enjoy. But that's not for me. That's not my thing. And then I think the other thing was just getting involved in the industry as much as I have. It's been, I've had discussions with other people and people are getting into doing industry things or whatever. And I think a lot of it is like, did you just like, if this is what you're passionate about, then just do it. Like, it's not about money. It's not about any of that. Like people always ask me like, Oh, you could do this. You could do this and make this much money. Or why don't you add this? And you could, I, just, I don't give a shit like at all. Like I go to the trade shows because I want to hang out with my friends. Like I, you know, I do the Gildan thing because it's life experiences. It's like, Oh, cool. Like they showed me the inner workings of their factory and like multiple factories. Like not every person can do this. Like they're not opening the doors for these kinds of people. And like the sure show stuff, I get to fucking bullshit with Andy all day and talk shit to him. And he talks shit to me. And like, I get to meet people like you that I wouldn't normally meet. You know what I mean? And now I know things about you you know, things about me and it's fun. Like I'm not doing this for money. So as I'm saying, like there's things like this that I get life experience and I get more knowledge for my shop. Like selfishly, I could be talking to you and you would tell me some shop secret or something that you're proud of. Like I will take that knowledge and add it to my shop if it's going to benefit me. So like, selfishly yeah i do get things like that out of it but in reality it's just sharing knowledge with other people gets my dopamine so i think the shifts are do it if you're passionate about it but really set a goal and just like land there and live your life and be happy so i think you nailed it man yeah that was, that was freaking awesome yeah <laughs> okay well sorry Cool. Yeah, don't be sorry. That was great. That was yeah. perfect. We, we, we talk a lot about like our goals and like where we want to be and like where we would cap it and everything. And like, literally that's it right there. You know, even like our hobbies and everything's like, we're not into luxurious cars and like, we don't Me want neither. no crazy house. Like, dude, I want time to go travel with my, with my lady. I want to like, I want to be able to go out and surf with my boys. Like all the things that we do really cost like minimal amounts of money. But at the end of the day, it's like, we spend our time at the shop and we're not doing it because we're here to like rake in the dough. We're doing it because we like to create shit. Yeah. Like we like seeing cool stuff go off the press. Well, that was last week too. Like there's people like, why are you at work? And it's like the break between like, everyone's gone. It's just me. It's like, cause I fucking enjoy this. Like if I wasn't here, I, where would I be? I'd be at home on the couch watching TV. Like I would rather be here, like knocking things off my to-do list or my checklist or whatever, because it makes me feel good. Like I want to be here. I feel happy knowing I got these things done and this is my thing. Like this shop is a extension of me. You know what I mean? Like this is what I want to do. But anyway, what's next for opaque? What do you guys, I know we were talking about you were, Pulling things away that didn't make sense, adding things. What's what's the game plan for 2024 for you guys? Yeah, I I mean, for me personally, I have spent a lot of time out in production, mainly because I thoroughly enjoy it. But there's been like this new wave coming over me where there's like a calling for being more into like this uh, like marketing role uh, slash sales and just being able to like spend more time with uh each customer 
And so that's kind of like, that's, that is my goal is to just get out of the production aspect and more so into being able to uh, connect with our customer base and do make cool videos and all that stuff. What about yeah. you, Ty? Um, yeah, basically what he said. And right now we're really trying to work on our sales pipeline. We are a lot of word of mouth, but since we are getting rid of vinyl and wanting to focus like more on retail customers and um, just trying to get like more creative projects, you know, we really got to start pushing and finding who that ideal customer is and working on that. And so with him coming out from production, that's really going to help him like step into um, this new position and being able to do outside sales, you know, and more inside sales too. And so that's kind of, um, yeah, what's really on our pipeline right now. So. Well, that's basically my role at Upstate. So if you guys ever want to chat about that kind of stuff, I'm down. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll get the list going. Okay. <laughs> I need another mentor. <laughs> don't call me a mentor. I will just I will just help you if I know anything that you don't know already. I'll just call you dad. <laughs> Daddy, if you want to do it. If you really want to. Hey, dad. If you, what was it? Fuck. Chase the biscuit. Was that what it was? Risk, risk it for the biscuit. Risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> I like risk it for the brisket better because I like Ooh. brisket better. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to get off of that because I'm going to end up talking about something I shouldn't have. <laughs> Andy, you ready for some over-unders? Yes. Yeah, so um, I have five things today and, you know, I'm going to say them and then you just let me know if you think they're overrated, underrated or properly rated. And first, it just happened, but New Year's Eve, what do you think? Ooh, you overrated. Oh, I have to answer too. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, I, I would probably say overrated. Why? What'd you guys do on New Year's? We kept it very chill. We stayed at the beach. We had a little surf trip and just had a couple friends by a fire. And yeah, just was very low key. So I, th I don't think that's like something that you should do just because it's New Year's. I feel like that's something that we would do no matter what. Hmm. I think as cheesy as it sounds, and I know it's just, I don't know, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, you're dumb if you want to do this. But I do think like the whole marking for us, especially as business owners of like, okay, it's like fucking fresh year. Like it's the end of this one. It's the start of the new one. Like I do like the idea of like new year, new me. Like I like the idea of I was in a funk all year and yeah, I know it's time is not real and all sort of stuff, but it's kind of like a mark of like, get your shit together and let's do something different. Like regardless if it's new year's Eve or all, whatever it is, I think it's like a mark for me to be like, you know what? I do want to be healthier this year. Or, you know what? I do need to do this different thing. It's like a good mark to be like, it's time to fucking do it. So I'm going to say properly rated, but I do think the mm -hmm. whole like celebration of like new year's and whatever is kind of fucking whatever. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, I was sort of referring to, the New Year's Eve, you know, bash, like you pay $200 or whatever right. to get in yeah. this place. That's what I'm and, you know, like you are. I think that's dumb, but I think yeah. just the whole idea of it's a fresh start is mm -hmm. intriguing. I used to think that was the most awesome. Like that's where I was going to be is at the club or whatever. You know, I was <laughs> like with my fake with ID. A fucking pacifier in and his hair slicked. <laughs> yeah, that was like the place. He's on fucking Molly. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> 
But now I want to spend New Year's with you guys surfing or just at a, at a, at a fire. Dude, so, at the beach um, with a fire sounds yeah, like, fucking come on. amazing. Like if, you, if you have room for a guy who definitely can't surf and who can barely walk because can't run away. We found that out earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe by now, oh no, by the, by the end of this year, I'll be good. Like, I'll be good. Yeah. You won't have to like wheel me around in a, in a cart or anything. I'll be good. We can always put a tube behind you and we'll just tow you around too. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm like down with that. Idea. Good idea. So uh, our number two over underrated is fish oil supplements. I think it's so rated. fucking weird. I, <laughs> I, I, I take them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm always surprised. Like, I never know what you're going to say with these. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'm just like, why? But okay, for sure. Something. Okay. So, so Ty, you said perfectly, so properly rated? Well, you know, properly rated or underrated, because I think there's a lot of people who are kind of like, don't really care about supplements, but I think that there's a lot of benefits to it. Hmm. So especially yeah. through joints and everything as you get older and yeah. Can I say something super myth? ignorant? Yeah. What? Go ahead. I, uh, I've always seen fish oil supplements. There are from fish, correct? Like, mm. all right. So my fear was that I'm allergic to fish is <clears> that <throat> can I take a fish oil supplement? Like, will it make me sick? I would probably, probably. not. No. Oh, you mean, wait, what are you, so the well, I'm getting was, mixed messages here. Do I take it or because not? Because you it? said, should I, you said, can I take one and will it make me sick? I don't know which one I was answering there. I was saying, yeah, if I take one, will it make me sick? Yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So, see, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Consult so, a doctor. Consult a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to okay. put one in your drink next time I see you and we'll find out. <laughs> I'll just, throw, when I throw up, I'm going to throw up all over you. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so Dallas, do you have an opinion? Does she, do you take her supplements? I do not take any supplements. Uh, I probably. He's high on life. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I can get a lot of that nutrition from food. You can, and that's true most of the time. Um, but for example, I'll just give you one vitamin D, like the D3. You know, you do live in, you just said it rains a lot or whatever. And so do you get proper sunshine and you're in your shop doing stuff, working? Are you getting all of your D? Mm, no, I get mine, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, you should. You should have phrased that. Come on. Come on, Ty. My vitamin D3. Sorry, guys. Ty, you heard it first. Ty gives them all the D at the shop. <laughs> So, so, you know, you're trying to get it. Uh, in other words, you're trying to get, or you assume you're getting it from food or from other ways, but maybe you're not. And so supplements can be beneficial in a lot of ways. And a lot of people think that they are getting enough of these things in their diet, but maybe they aren't. And so it's a good idea to get, I mean, you can get blood work done and find out pretty easily. So, so yeah. Is, That's is this going to lead into like a, a fish oil sponsor? Should. Not for me. Yeah. I don't want it. No, why not? Um, I think they're underrated. Uh, I don't eat enough fish. Although I did the other night, it was delicious. I had some salmon on our. Um, mm -hmm. We have two. We have two anniversaries at our household. We have our actual when we were married, and then we have our love anniversary, like when the first time we ever said we loved each other. And so, which he, is actually he called more, me the other day, and we were talking about this, and he's like, "I was like, oh, you want me to call you call you later or whatever." And he's like, uh, "Actually, it's uh, mine and Joe's uh, love anniversary." And I was like, "You <laughs> fucking <laughs> cheesiest cheese ball." Uh, <laughs> it's a more important, more important anniversary, actually. Okay, so number three, we have quartz 
splashes. <laughs> I know where this one came from. <laughs> Dallas? I think they're properly rated. Um, I, I... Yeah, go ahead. You're just going to you're going to go with it. I want to say properly rated in the sense of most people know to use court slashes for like autos and whatnot. But I do think it's underrated in the sense of even with a manual, you can get something like a court slash yeah. that, you know, automatically turns on and off and you're not like burning yeah. pallets and it's not constantly on all or has the a temp day. control. You can get a chili D yeah. if you wanted, yeah. you know, you get a chili like, D or your manual and yeah, you it will be a game changer. Yeah. That question came off of, I got in trouble. Once again, you know, I'm insensitive, I think. And yes, I said, somebody said that they were trying to sell their infrareds. And I, I was like, you have infrareds question mark. And then I said something like I'm unfollowing you or no, I said, I'm blocking you on Instagram. Like I was totally joking. <laughs> like I didn't even mean it. And then they got really no, upset with, with me. <laughs> Shame fine. Them. Um, but anyway, I love, I used to, I used to have infrared <clears throat> and, um, if you have a chance, it's a great, uh, I think the ROI is fantastic. If you get a quartz, if you, if you're looking to do that, because like Dylan said, you can, you'll never burn a shirt again. You'll reduce the heat in your shop. Let's say you have an infrared and it's hot and it's always on. Right. And whereas the quartz, it, it's just, uh, it's instant on. So underrated. Next. Good to know. I've definitely burned some shirts with our courts. You still can burn shirts. It's just if you get something like the red chili, like what we're talking about, I'm an R and you're talking about rock. If you get something with a temperature sensor, you have a less likely chance to burn a shirt because it will kick off automatically. So that's the bonus of like a red chili D is it has the temp sensor in the middle. So it, you can say, okay, I'm using this ink and it gels at this temperature and it'll kick off at that temperature. So that you're not over flashing and you're not, it's not on a time lens and like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Even if you have it set for, you know, a hundred seconds, like you would never do that. But if you did, you're, it, it's, um, it, when it hits a certain temp, like you could set it for 250. Yeah. Shuts off. Okay. Yeah. Rock's got the, the probe as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that a lot of like IR flashes don't have that. You know, you're just like you, mm -hmm. you spin it and a lot of people calculate it by, well, I know that I can flash the shirt by the amount of time it takes me to pull the screen down and do two passes of the next color and lift it up and spin it. I'm probably mm -hmm. okay. This this case, like I said, if you're printing like tribal ends or something and you're doing the same thing, you might have to be faster because you're gonna burn the shirt. If you had that flash with the sensor, it would shut off by itself and you wouldn't have to worry about that. Hundred percent. Very true. And they have so zones and all these that's kind of what we're things. talking about. <clears throat> uh, next, number four. I don't know why I put this. I just did. It was on my mind. So DTF carousels. So we have uh, we have shuttles. And so we have, you know, um, just one heat press and it shuttles between two. Um, and then we, we can have, you can have a whole bank of those if you wanted versus this DTF carousel. Have you seen them? Well, it's just a heat press carousel. Not necessarily. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so a heat press. I mean, um, I feel like it would just be faster going from a station to station over trying to spin something. Well, it automatically spins. Okay. Um, I think it's underrated in the sense of if you have the two, two press carousel, not the single. Because mm -hmm. then you can 
if you were doing DTF on it, which I would be doing DTF on it, is you could press and post press and pull off all in the same spin. What about a um, yeah, stampinator? Yeah. No. You mean for DTF? Yeah. Well, they sell it like that, but mm -hmm. I I think you're having a hundred thousand dollar heat press at that point. I've never I've never done it, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just curious. I think that people I don't want to speak for it because I don't use one and I'm probably ignorant to this again. But in my opinion, I know they say like as a selling point that you can do transfers on the auto. But at that point, again, like, why don't you just fucking move it to a heat press instead of wasting time on your auto where you could be screen printing? Totally. So I, I don't know. I think that I think that where things are going to go is that you could basically go from something like printing a DTF off. So you scan a barcode or something, it prints the DTF, does everything, and then you can go right from there to like a carousel heat press and then just do the whole thing and it's done and gone. So I think back to Andy's root question, I think it's underrated. I think they're sweet and I think that it's only gonna improve technology wise, but I do like them. I don't have one yet, but I kind of want one. Yeah, I think um, I think it takes more than one person to run, especially if you did, how you described it because you were saying that you could press and then you, you need have, two people. Yeah, maybe even three, you know? Well. So you could have a loader, you could have somebody that's then you could do it with one person putting transfers on and loading. You oh no, you would need someone to peel the the backing. Off. And then and then to and then to um then it's gonna press again and then somebody to offload. I mean it depends on how fast you want to go. You just go right. down to that. Yeah. So you need at least two people. Um when I sell uh this entire screen printing place and I go and I just open up this um like costco sized dtf factory then i'll it'll just be full of dtf carousels that's what we'll do um i hope you open a place called the dtf factory and <laughs> to have the amount of fucking creepy weirdos walk through the door being like i'm ready to go where does, where do you have plastic down what do we do well we won't let you in dylan we won't let you in number five and a thousand percent not least Sloppy Joe's. Oh, fuck yeah. Underrated. Uh, dude, underrated 100%. Yeah, underrated. Homemade Sloppy Joe's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do barbecue sauce or uh, tomato paste? I do tomato I sauce, not paste. T tomato sauce. sauce. Yeah, and yeah, then... Not, not put... barbecue sauce. It's usually like Why? brown sugar, isn't it? Why do well, you use... barbecue sauce. What's your What's your recipe? You've got some secret... Oh, we we totally he just do cooks, barbecue he sauce. He just cooks there. hamburger. He just cooks hamburger and puts barbecue sauce on it. And calls well, it I chopped tomatoes in there too. Yeah. I, I think we use tomato sauce too, but he'll also um we did sloppy joe's one time where he cooked carrots in there too. So there's like a little bit of a crunch in there. So oh it's yeah, like super. I'm hard, all for that. It was so fire. It was so good. But you smoke it too. Gotta mm -hmm. smoke it on the trigger. Yep. In the cast iron. <laughs> Rolls it up in a joint. All I pictured when he said smoke it was that he put sloppy Joe in a rolling paper. That's hey. all I um <laughs> what I we're having him tonight. And what I also do is we have brioche buns. I get at Aldi's, and you put a little olive oil on them, put them in the oven, and broil them so you crisp the, the buns. So it doesn't soak and the then, bun. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah true. Yum. Yeah. We coming over so, for dinner? Yeah. 
No, we need to bring the sloppy joes to the beach so that they can yeah, have yeah. a fire yes. party. Deal. Deal. Right. And I'll meet you guys later there later. It'll only take me eight <laughs> hours to get there on an airplane. We'll save you a spot. Yep. Okay, save, cool. you, save you a Joe. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we appreciate you guys doing this with us. Um, I'm glad you could hop on and uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do this year. And will we see you at Long Beach? Uh, I don't think we're going to go this year as much as we want to. That's the wrong answer. We'll yeah. edit that out. Say yes now. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes, we'll be there. Good okay, to cool. See you guys. <laughs> but thanks for having us on, guys. It has been a pleasure to be able to connect with you guys. And uh, it'll be nice to have a. <laughs> no way. We didn't lose them right at the end. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Well, he said that, you know, he's he's really looking forward to, you know, this year and his all the dopamine. Right. He thinks you're great, and then I'm he stupid. You're great. No, he thinks we're both great, and so does Ty. It was. I hope they can hear us right now, and they're not frozen on their end. Oh, they're really gone. <laughs> Guys, it was great having you on, and I uh, hope to see you at an industry event soon. Dallas and I exchanged phone numbers, and so yeah, um, text me if you have any questions. And apparently, you're going to also. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to mentor you. I think you said. Is that how oh, definitely. Out? For sure. Yeah. Hey, right. bud. Yeah. I'll see you later.